Welcome to the Living From Why podcast. My name's Andy Wilson and it is my heart's calling to give you the perspective and confidence to live a life you love. Hello, lovely listener. Thank you for joining me. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to many different people, all of whom are living from why, living from a sense of purpose that drives and guides their life, believing that how their life turns out is no accident. This is episode four, and today I'm speaking with online business consultant and happiness coach, Michael Essery. I've been around Michael for about two years now and know him to be a living example of the sense of peace and happiness he helps his clients realize. And he shares with us how his purpose helps him create the space people need to understand their true unconditional worth, let go of what's not serving them and live their best life. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, you, Michael. Thanks for joining us today. And... Um, Great opportunity to let everybody know, first of all, who you are and what you're up to. Hey, Andy, thanks for having me here. Um, it's, a, it's a real honor and I uh, really appreciate you uh, inviting me onto the show. Um, so essentially, uh, I, over the last few years, have been, a, I guess, an online business consultant. I've dabbled in a lot of different things, uh, affiliate marketing, and um, I'm working uh, with a a company right now to support people in building uh, their online business, mostly beginners. Um, prior to that, I was a, uh, a guitar teacher. I've spent a lot of uh, a lot of years being into music, and I know we have that in common. Mm. Um, and yeah, I love playing guitar and drums, and um, yeah, music's always going to be a huge part of my life. And I uh, I sold that business after ten years uh, back in the end of 2018, and focused on the online business stuff and basically working from home, which has been Awesome, because I've got uh, two young boys, which I really wanted to spend a lot of time with uh, while they're young. Mm. And uh, so, essentially, the I guess what I'm moving into now is uh, is happiness coaching. Because the other thing I've spent the last, I would say, a uh, couple of years on, in sort of in my spare time, is delving a lot into um, into spirituality, psychology, mindset, and. I guess really understanding happiness and, and joy and peace at a deep level. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm really passionate about is, is giving people uh, ways to, to tap into those, uh, those inner feelings for themselves, um, regardless of what their external circumstances look like. Um, because I know that a lot of people feel that, you know, uh, their happiness is, is a result of their external circumstances. And I'm really passionate about showing them how, um, how essentially they can they can tap into that joy, uh, that inner joy on the inside, and uh, thereby even attract those ex- external circumstances they're they're looking to create. So, yeah, that's uh, sort of a, a newer project for me right now, and I'm sort of stepping into that, and that's essentially me right now. That's wonderful. So I love what you were saying about creating that joyful, happy, peaceful way of being for themselves internally. Um, rather than depending on external circumstances to create that for them. What was it in your life that led you to, first of all, realise that for yourself, that way of being, and also then take you to a place where you wanted to provide that for other people? Sure. Yeah, good question. So I think 
the the first step for me was really understanding the mechanism that uh, that we have in terms of our body, um, our mind, and our heart and, and our feelings and our relationship to those things. And I guess the true nature of our being, like who we really are. Um, so essentially I was, I grew up as a, uh, as a Jehovah's witness. So I don't know if you know much about, <laughs> about that particular religion, but it's very, uh, mind <laughs> focused or you could say mind controlled. Some people would say, um, so I spent a lot of years as a young person, a young adult, even, um, never really stepping outside of my own mind and my own thoughts. And, you know, we were taught as, you know, from a very young age that, you know, meditation is essentially something that's evil, um, that it will create space for the devil to infiltrate your, your thoughts. And so, you know, wow. we were never taught to sit there and, and be in silence and to empty our minds, uh, so to speak. So I think, uh, when I broke away from that religion, um, and I started to allow for other uh, other belief systems to infiltrate and to just be more open-minded about the world in general. Um, you know, as much as it was a very lonely and confusing time initially, it, it definitely um, has allowed me to be more open-minded to, I guess, other spiritual uh, belief systems and, and philosophies. So really for me, it was when I came across uh, spiritual teachers such as um, uh, Eckhart Tolle and uh, Michael Singer and, uh, and, you know, Wayne Dyer, a lot of these, um, a lot of these teachers and in particular, Michael Singer out of all of them, because, uh, essentially what, what he teaches is that, you know, we, as the, the soul being, uh, we, you know, we have a mind that, you know, produces thoughts, but we are not those thoughts. Uh, we have a heart that produces the feelings and emotions, but we are not those feelings and emotions. And, there's obviously the energy system within all of that, that we are looking to, um, to experience as much as possible. Uh, and obviously the positive vibrations, you know, like love, joy, peace, and, and all the good stuff. So, um, so essentially for me, it was uh, creating that sense of separation from what my mind was going through and even what my body was going through in terms of the feelings and emotions and even the physical sensations and just being able to notice those things instead of being those things. Um, yeah. And then when you start to do that and you allow the body to metabolize that energy the way that it needs to, um, it essentially allows it to move through. And then underneath all of that is this underlying sense of peace and joy. And it was really, you know, getting into meditation, following, understanding those, uh, those teachings um, that allowed me to really experience that deep peace, um, uh, pretty much for the first time in my life. Um, and I remember it was probably a couple of years ago when I, you know, I'd, I'd sort of getting into meditation and, and actually feeling that physical sensation of deep inner peace that I'd never felt before. And I thought, um, you know, all I've had to do <laughs> to sit here, uh, or, sorry, do to achieve this is to actually sit here and do nothing. And I just think, that is just insane. Like, how can I feel this good and not having anything around me be a certain way? Like it's literally just, <laughs> just sitting here. Um, and I think that experience for me forever changed, uh, the way that I pursue things in my external life, whether it's career or relationships or health, it kind of made me realize all these other things that we're chasing is to kind of, you know, we want to, we want the result that we think, uh, that's going to give us in terms of how we feel. 
But if we can just get the feeling right now, well, why don't we spend time just getting the feeling and then, you know, then we can go out and get the other stuff on top of that. So, yeah. With the, um, the possibility of meditation, you were able to access something that was always there for you, right? It was always there. Was that what you were sort of seeing for yourself? Yeah, it's there. But if you're not aware of it, uh, like if you're too much in your mind, you'll never feel it. So it's like our mind is just essentially there to distract us all the time. Um, and it's, it's for a good thing. Like I know a lot of people, um, will look at, you know, they'll, they'll say like ego is the enemy and, um, you know, our thoughts are, you know, we just want to try and stop the mind completely. Um, whereas I have, I guess, more of a compassionate view towards the mind. And again, this is from, uh, I guess, based a lot on what Michael Singer talks about, you know, the mind is essentially the big brother to the heart, which is like a little sister. And when the heart is feeling certain feelings and emotions, the big brother wants to step in and protect, you know, you from feeling that. Um, and so it's just doing its job. Like that's, it's, it's literally just there to try and protect you. Um, and so when you look at it from that angle, it's like, well, okay, yeah, my mind is constantly going right now. There's constant, constantly thoughts happening, but why is that? What am I trying to avoid feeling? Um, and when you start to look at it at that level, it's like, okay, you tune in more to the body, tune in more to the feelings, you allow those to be and stop judging them um, so that they can pass through. And then again, you've got that underlying sense of um, uh, of peace, you know, and until you sort of have that awareness of the, as I said, the mechanism of what we actually have here with our, our bodies and our, our energetic systems, um, you know, I, I just found I didn't have access to that feeling prior to having that understanding. Sure. And when that came along in your life, you know, in terms of your everyday life, what did that new way of being give you access to that you didn't have yeah. before? Um, it gave me more access to space uh, in terms of uh, when situations would come up um, and not being, not sort of reacting to mm -hmm. situations, but being able to choose my response. Um, so noticing how situations or people would make me feel and then what my mind would say about it, but then choosing to act, uh, the way that I wanted to show up in a way that was sort of, yeah, purposeful for me. Um, in, yeah, instead of just, <laughs> just reacting, you know, uh, yeah, out of, out of anger or fear or whatever the emotion might be. So yeah, having that, that space, um, is, is priceless. And I think the other thing I want to mention too, cause I know a lot of people, um, who maybe aren't so much into meditation and mindfulness, yeah. um, they sort of imagine, you know, like I'm sitting here for two hours a day. Um, yeah, you know, like you just mentioned you were meditating for like an hour this morning. Um, it's actually not the case. Like I literally spend about 15 minutes every morning and about 15 minutes at night. So it's not this huge thing out of my day that I spend lots of time doing. And if I'm not meditating, then it's, you know, it's all gone. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, a reminder each day and it's just a daily practice to, um, to tune in and, and to hold that, that frequency as much as you can throughout the day. And just, just to be aware, like awareness is, is absolutely the most important thing. Um, yeah, sure. And something I find as well is that meditation, whilst, you know, currently I'm going through a phase of meditating around an hour a day, like you mentioned, I'm very aware that meditation is a state of being. It's um, a state of mind that you can operate in, whether you're sitting there on the meditation cushion or whether you're doing the washing up or whether whatever you're doing. You know, meditation is a state of of mind that you can carry with you throughout the day 
in seeing that you're not your feelings and you're not your thoughts, feelings or thoughts are things that we have. They're not things that we are, right? And, yeah. and, and as you were beginning to sort of talk about there, realizing that you're not your thoughts gives you that distance to be able to respond to them mindfully in a way that's appropriate to the situation rather than in a way that is much more like reactive. Because that way, you know, when you're locked into an emotional reaction, there's no space there, is there, you know? The space yeah, we're yeah. talking about is just that little space to breathe, just to see it rather more objectively and act accordingly. Do, do you see what I mean by that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> I think um, it's, what do they say? It's just you're in a pattern, you know, mm-hmm. and we have these these patterns from when we were, when we were kids and when we feel a certain emotion that triggers certain thoughts and it triggers certain behaviors. And it's just trying to be aware of that. So you can stop that pattern, especially if it's something that's uh, holding you back in life. Mm. Um, but I mean, it was only put there because of like a survival mechanism being put in place. Right. Yeah. But you talk yeah, about, exactly. we talk about this mechanism. It's, it's doing its job. As you rightly said, you take a more compassionate, approach to the mind in as much as you know the mind is there for a reason it is doing a job and it's not to kind of push the mind aside and tell the mind no stop stop thinking these thoughts stop Mm -hmm. making me feel this way it's it's more to say thank you for bringing that to my attention it's doing its job but then it's not to give it 100 percent um reign over what we choose to do next right yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah I mean, especially with, um, you know, as I said, young family, I've got a four-year-old toddler right now who thinks uh, he owns the world and uh, every, you know, every interaction with him is basically uh, a control, <laughs> a, con- yeah. a battle of control. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I love him for that because he is going to be an excellent leader and, uh, <laughs> uh, and CEO one day, I imagine, um, because he knows what he wants and he knows how exactly how things should be done. And yeah, and that obviously can, can trigger a lot of things for a parent, um, where it's, you know, I'm not being heard, I'm not being listened to. And, you know, and it's just being able to take a step back and go, okay, is this, you know, is the way I'm showing up right now, is this in reaction to the way that he is triggering me or making me feel, Mm -hmm. or is it, uh, for the best of the situation? Is it to, you know, for guiding him? And, you know, I've got, I'm obviously <laughs> no one's perfect and that takes, uh, you know, uh, takes a lot of practice and there are many times that I fall short, but it yeah. does give me that extra space, um, uh, to, to be a better parent. And, you know, same thing with, uh, relationship with my wife and, and everybody around me. Um, yeah. So it just, it just gives you that, um, that edge, that competitive edge, I feel, uh, mm. than reacting to things all the time. And of course, there's no right or wrong, is there? It's, no. What's right is only really what's right for you at that time. And even what's right for you at that time might not be right. what's right for you tomorrow. So for me, it's, it's about distinguishing as well the difference between morality and having integrity with what it is we want to create. Because morality is all about right and wrong, isn't it? Morality is about what you should and shouldn't do. Um, yeah. They're very fixed points of view. 
that don't leave any space for responding to, accordingly to a situation. So as you were mentioning about how you're being with your child in response to what's being triggered in you at that moment when they're really testing you, what is it in that moment you're creating? You know, it's like, who are you being? Therefore, what are you creating? Because, you know, what we do and what we have is not what creates. It's not what yeah, brings yeah. the unmanifested into being. It's who we are being that creates what is to come, right? Yeah. It, that, creates yeah, like that. New, that creates new possibilities because what we do is just kind of an expression of what's already been brought into possibility by who we've been being in the past based on what we have. And what we have also includes our thoughts and our feelings. But who we're being is really what we bring to a situation to create new possibilities. Um, and in terms of like you with your child, for instance, you know, in that moment where you're being really tested, what is the mind saying to you in that moment? What is the part of you that's being triggered? What is that voice saying? <laughs> well, um, I think it depends on the situation. Um, but, yeah. um, of course. yeah, usually it's, uh, usually it's, well, you know, I'm the parent, this is the child, you know, I know what's best. Uh, they oh, need yeah. to just follow suit. So it's like, you know, yeah. come on, just do it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's usually something for their own good too, like brush your teeth, go to the toilet, get dressed, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's usually what the mind is saying. Yeah. Um, and then if I'm, you know, present enough and aware enough, um, I'll usually take a step back and go, what, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned like who we're being. The question I often ask myself is how is life asking me to be right now? Um, how can I best serve this situation? Yeah. What is he going through um, that is, you know, because obviously he's being triggered in some way as well if he's feeling sure. angry. And, and um, yeah, so what is his mind saying? What is he feeling? And why is he feeling that? And it's like you're taking into account all these other aspects instead of just like, you know, just go to bed or, just, you know what I mean? Like it's, you, yeah. you're, you're starting to be more aware of the different forces at play and the different energy at play. Yeah. Um, and that allows you to come at the situation with a completely different um, uh, energy or intention mm. instead of like, okay, we need to get this particular task done because it's time to do it. It's mm. like, yeah, it's just a different energy. Um, it's, totally. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, the, there's the potential there, isn't there, when the mind gets hold to feel a sense of fear that if they don't do what I say, then all hell could break loose because it's like if I just allow everyone to do whatever they want, everything will just fall apart. There'll be complete chaos. Yeah. You know, it's like there's this kind of inbuilt fear that we can't just kind of relax a little bit and look at another possibility other than the way we are trying to control it to be so. In taking that step back, in taking that moment to breathe, you mentioned about considering all these other factors, but it's not that we go through and think about those things, is it, in that moment? Because, right. of course, in real life, we don't get time to consider and think about all these things. It's not consciously thinking about, oh, what is he going through? But there is something inward that we can tap into that just knows how to respond in that moment, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more of just a knowing um, and a, yeah, an intuitive awareness as to... Yeah. Um, what's being, yeah, it's just, I guess, reading energy and, um, I guess even just coming up with more of a, an inquisitive approach 
as opposed to a yeah. <laughs> dictatorship approach. <laughs> I like that, inquisitive, because that implies curiosity. That, in, that implies yeah. open-mindedness. That implies looking for something new, a new approach. That implies yeah. doing something a way that you've never done it before. Yeah, and um, we are doing that every single day. <laughs> You know, because it's funny, like when you, when you find, uh, let's say when you find an approach that, you know, seems to get you the result, uh, whether it's through, you know, incorporating more play or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that, that approach will work for, you know, a little while. And then all of a sudden, you know, more things develop and, and a new, uh, attitude and that, that no longer works. And it's like, okay, well, I'm out of options now. Uh, here we are. And, um, you know, we're at the whole confrontational stage again um and it's like okay we, there's got to be more understanding here things never really stay the same do they? they they can if they're not constantly invested in and looked after and maintained and it's i think to realize that going back to how you started this whole conversation in terms of allowing circumstances to define your experience rather than who you're being to define how you experience your circumstances you know, if, if, if you allow your circumstances to just be there and sort of rely upon them never changing to allow you to be who you want to be, you know, this is going to be this way and now I've got it that way. Oh, that's me sorted forever. That's not going to work, is it? Because that's going to fade. That's going to fade. And it's who are we being in response to that? Because we have to reinvent who we are in relationship to our circumstances to bring life back into those circumstances, to keep them happy, to keep them joyful, to keep them engaging and fulfilling, right? I mean, in terms of um, giving people access to uh, the happiness and peace that you do as a coach, what kinds of things do people come up against that constantly are dragging them back down again? You know, because we often see patterns reoccurring in our life. Now, in terms of that happiness and that peace, how is that often challenged for people, would you find? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it's definitely, I mean, if you want to go to the source, <laughs> um, it's, it goes back to your relationship with your parents um, and the relationships that are um, relating to that, I suppose, or, or have something to do with those patterns that have been stored for such a long time and those triggers. Um, so I think definitely relationships is a key area. Um, I would say money is a, is a big area as well that a lot of people are triggered on. I mean, and, you know, and I say all of this and then I think about the situation in the world right now that we're facing. Um, I was just having a conversation uh, with my wife before this, uh, this call and, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, I guess the, those topics like relationships and, and career and so forth. And, mm. and then we just, um, we just took a moment um, to just be grateful for, where we're at right now, considering how many people in the world, you know, have just lost their, you know, their family member or, yeah. you know, they are sick in a way that is, you know, is scary because, you know, yeah, who knows what might happen. Yeah. And yeah. And I just think we just took a moment to be really grateful for, you know, like having, being in this position of being able to prioritize you know, being at peace and having love and having joy in our lives is like something we get to focus on instead of, you know, survival, instead of, you know, where's our next meal coming from? 
Um, and it's just, you know, uh, like it's, it's great to have these conversations. And I think it's also important to, uh, to be grounded in the fact that we get to have these conversations as well. Um, so I just thought, yeah, I don't know why that, that came, <laughs> came up, but I just thought it was worth mentioning that too. Oh, um, absolutely. Because the way I see what you're saying there is there's a very intentional moment there between you and your wife where you've actually chosen a way of being in response to your circumstances. You've chosen gratitude to be your response as opposed to fear and stress and worry. Now, of course, the situation is, is worrying. Um, there's a lot of unknown there. And there's a lot of sadness around loss if that happens. And it doesn't take that away, but it's who we're being in response to that, isn't it? And if something that you have, you have the ability to be grateful for, it creates a whole different experience of the circumstances, doesn't it? It creates a whole different set of possibilities with which you can then act on. It creates opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise be there because you'd be so bogged down in the worry and the stress and the fear. And that way of that choosing that way of being that gratitude opens things up to you that weren't there otherwise. Just going back to your, your previous question as well about what, I guess, what stops people from, um, from accessing that, that state of happiness in the moment. So I guess the other side of it, which I haven't really spoken about yet. Um, I've spoken a lot about the, I guess the, the mechanical side of it and the, the spiritual side of it. Mm. Um, but there is that, that element of psychology as well, uh, that, that mindset. And um, there's usually, there's, from that perspective, there's like six layers that um, I usually take people through to, I guess, peeling back and understanding what, um, what is holding them back from experiencing that inner joy. Mm. And some of those core layers are the the roles um, and the um, the limiting beliefs that we, I guess, have attached ourselves to over the years. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest things that stops people too is, uh, you know, and it, it sounds very cliche, um, yeah. but having those limiting beliefs. And sometimes we, we're not even aware that, or usually we aren't aware that we have them until we have a mirror uh, in, in a coach or uh, in, a, in an advisor or something to, uh, to point those out to us and to uh, appreciate another perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, there's a whole bunch of uh, exercises that, um, that I take people through that helps them to, I guess, uncover what some of those might be. Um, and I think that that also uh, helps you to, um, I guess, to stop some of the automated programs and the patterns that come about in daily life and helps you to reframe uh, some of those beliefs so that you can start to show up in life in a different way and therefore uh, manifest new things uh, in your life. So Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you basically, your, your beliefs determine what you're able to actually take action on, right? Because, yeah. for example, if I, if I wanted to go and buy a pack of sausages, you know, if I believed that the sausages existed in the chemist, I'd be walking into the chemist and all the wrong shops. I'd never find my pack of sausages, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's, it's a really silly situation, but the point is that the, it, it, if you have a belief that gives you an idea of life that isn't real, then you're going to be constantly putting your efforts in areas that aren't going to work. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if you are able to unpick those, it gives you access to actually seeing things as they are, right? I mean, one, one for me, for instance, you talk about limiting beliefs and not realising that they're there. One for me 
that was a big one was that I have to work hard, like really hard to earn money. Mm. And it has to be probably a little bit painful too. It has to be <laughs> a little bit unpleasant. And here, here then lies my whole outlook on work. What kind of situation am I likely to get myself into in terms of earning a living if I believe that has to be the case? Now, of course, I would never have said that out loud. But what I realized was that this was a subconscious belief I was carrying. And that basically any situation where I would put myself in to earn a living to support my family would inevitably be difficult for me to exist in, would, in would inevitably present challenges that were just unreasonably hard. Um, I would feel disengaged and bored and, you know, really not enjoying my life at times when I was having to earn money. And so I spent most of my life drifting around, not knowing what I wanted to do because I was constantly avoiding this awful discomfort that I've created for myself with the idea that work has to be uncomfortable, if not a little bit painful. But it was all in the background. I never knew that was there. And it wasn't until I realized that that was there in my blind spot, controlling the way I saw the world, controlling the opportunities that I was able to even see, that I then started to take a new course of action because I was like, now I can see that there's this whole other set of opportunities open to me. They were always there for me, but I could never see them because of this limiting belief I had that the world was a certain way and that I was a certain way. And then when I let go of that, things just opened up for me. And, you know, that's a great example of what really helps people in, in the coaching process, isn't it? You know, that's why limiting beliefs are, I suppose, a bit of a cliche is because, well, these are the things that really stand in our way, you know, the way we see the world. So, Michael, yeah. I want to move on a little bit to um, something that I tend to sort of speak to all of our guests on this show about. There are certain people, and you of which I know one of them, have gone through a process to bring your sense of purpose into language, into a statement. And if you don't mind, if you could share that with us, that would be amazing. What is your purpose statement, Michael? What, what is it that sums that up for you? Sure, I'd love to share it. Um, so my purpose in life is to give others the courage to clearly understand their unconditional worth so that they can let go and confidently choose to create the best version of themselves. Mm. Um, and that statement, as you said, it, you know, it was a bit of a process to discover that. And, you know, if it wasn't for the, uh, the, the coaches and mentors in my life, mm. um, I probably still wouldn't have <laughs> that statement in, uh, in, in those words. Um, sure. and I think a lot of people, you know, cause the word purpose is, um, for a lot of people, it means different things. Um, you know, some people will put it in the realm of like, you know, what is the purpose of life or what is the meaning of life? Mm. Um, you know, that, that big question, which I think, you know, I guess my answer to that question is, well, we're here to experience, you know, our soul is here to experience whatever that is, you know, um, and, and to evolve and to continually grow and evolve. But, when you talk about your individual, like as an individual, what is your purpose in life? How do you show up in life? Mm. Um, this statement ultimately uh, just gives me 
a filter through which I can uh, make choices that I know are going to uh, going to impact impact the people around me in the most positive way. Um, because the, that essentially those are my gifts that I get to share, uh, based on my, my experiences so far in life. So, uh, it's definitely probably one of the most, in, uh, empowering, um, processes that I've been through. Mm. And, uh, obviously I incorporate a lot of that into, um, what I'm doing with the coaching as well. Like that's ultimately where, um, what I do stems from the, is the why. So. You know what we were talking about earlier in terms of giving ourselves a bit of distance from a situation so that we can um, respond rather than emotionally react. What I see here is in, in having this purpose statement in language as something we can use as this filter, it takes a while to really live into that, doesn't it? And really feel it and, and, and really get to know it and who, who it is that really is in alignment with that purpose. But, it's in those moments, isn't it, where we give ourselves that space that we can then tap into what would be a response that is in alignment with my purpose right now. Do you find that it has presented you with different outcomes than you would have had otherwise had you have been reacting rather than responding? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, especially the first, um, first part of my purpose statement you know, helping people to see the, or giving them the courage to, to see their unconditional worth and to clearly understand that, you know, uh, just, I guess I've just trained my mind to, to repeat that statement in, in every, in every interaction. Um, you know, I'll be thinking, how am I, uh, showing up in this situation so that this person understands their, their true unconditional worth. Um, and especially in times of, you know, if someone is upset or if someone is fearful, angry, or resentful, or whatever, um, that is the first filter that comes through is like, okay, so right. how do I show up in a way where this person understands their worth? Got it. And that is not always easy, obviously. <laughs> so I think when you, uh, and when I incorporate the, you know, the second part of that purpose statement, which is to allow people to create the best versions of themselves. And when they have that understanding of their unconditional worth, then they're able to let go. I guess everybody needs that in some way, shape or form um, to let go of something that isn't serving them um, in order to create their best version. And I think when someone is, as you were saying, if someone is uh, going through whatever sort of emotion it is, fear, anger, um, you know, it comes back to the whole, you know, the, the spiritual mechanism that we have. And it's that, that understanding as well that they're just being triggered by something. They're going through something. And if I'm really going to be a stand for them to understand their true worth and to create the best version of themselves, mm. I can't expect them to be any other way than what they're being right now. And I also get to allow the space for them uh, to see that for themselves. And the only way they're going to do that is, uh, is by having that space created for them. So... For me, I, I use that expression quite a lot is, you know, creating the space for people um, mm. because sometimes in, in many cases, a lot of people have never had someone create that space for them because they've always been told they shouldn't feel a certain way or they, yeah. they shouldn't act this way or, you know, that this is wrong that they should, you know, <laughs> react or feel a certain way. So yeah. creating that space for people just does amazing things. Um, and it's something you don't even have to, like, you don't even literally have to say anything. It's just a way of being and it's an energy 
um, that you bring to the table. There's an acceptance there, isn't it, of what is? Yeah, absolutely. I love that because what you're doing is there, you're creating, by creating that space, that's for you and for them. It gives you the space to take you out of the situation because you're now in service to provide space for this person. You're not now making that about you. And then they yeah, now feel the space to feel the permission to be whatever they want to be in that moment. And it's okay, you know, um, not making that person wrong at all, allowing them to just be, to just unfold however they want to unfold in the moment, right? And then they're much more likely then to discover that part of themselves that just is and doesn't have to push. It just bubbles up yeah. from the, the natural innate being that they are. Essentially, this is the basic human truth, isn't it? That underlying all human beings is a, an, an innate sense of joy and peace that is there waiting. And the only thing that is stopping us getting access to that is because it's covered up with thoughts and thinking. And it's sometimes it's just seeing past those thoughts. And like we, was, we were referring to the mind earlier, weren't we? You know, seeing that the mind can sometimes cloud our view of what's always been there and what always will be there for us is that innate sense of joy and peace and completeness, wholeness that is, that is there for us, that is actually who we are. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I, I remember, I don't actually remember who said this, but I remember hearing it. I think it was on a podcast, to be honest. Um, and their statement was, happiness is our default state. Like that is our default state. Yeah. The only reason we don't feel happiness and that deep inner, inner joy is because we've placed conditions on it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've said that my life has to look a certain way for me to be in that state. And mm-hmm. that's, that's our own choice. Like that's our choice. And our mind is up here so busy trying to figure out, okay, how do I get those circumstances to happen so that, so that I can be happy? Yeah. And we've given it that impossible task. <laughs> because the whole way that, you know, we've been brought up the whole way that we're wired as human beings. Um, we have a, a, a self-defense survival mechanism that teaches us to be wary of our circumstances and that things need to be a certain way for us to survive. That's what the survival mechanism is telling us, isn't it? But yeah, there's yeah. something that exists that is independent of that survival mechanism. That survival me- mechanism is inside of something much bigger something much more all-encompassing, something much more whole. Yeah, Mm. I love that. So, Michael, if there's any way in which people can get in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing, would you be able to share any of that with us? Yeah, sure. You can uh, can just go to my website, which is uh, michaelessery.com. You can also just uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, It's just facebook.com slash michaeljamesessery. And I'll put both of those links in the show notes for anybody who's interested in, in reaching out to you. So, Michael, thanks very much for joining us today. It's, it's, it's been a real pleasure speaking to someone of such like mind and, and giving such value to and, and insight to people as well. Thanks so much, mate. Oh, thank you. It's been an honour being here. Thanks for having me. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and was able to take something valuable away from it. Now I want to ask you, do you feel stuck or frustrated in your career as though who you really are is permanently on hold? 
Are you aware that you're capable of so much more but just cannot find a way to unlock your potential? Maybe you're looking to transition into a business of your own, a life of entrepreneurship. Well, I want you to know that you are not alone. I am passionate about helping people create a life they truly love, which is why I started the private Facebook community group called the Chrysalis Entrepreneurial Network. It's a safe, private space for its members to unfold and grow together where myself and other inspired entrepreneurs will regularly be posting content invaluable to your journey, transitioning into entrepreneurship. It's a place to share ideas, insights and inspiration, a place to ask questions, receive guidance and meet others who are on the same path. So come take a look. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I guarantee there's going to be something there of value to you. If you want to type into your browser, facebook.com slash groups slash the chrysalis network and i look forward to seeing you in there have a great day cheers